You are listening to The Lift Mindset, where we provide an update from the experts. The aim of our podcast is to inform, educate and entertain. We will be sharing our views on current trends and predictions for 2022 about the industries the Lift Financial Group cover. Today we have Dan Thompson, Portfolio Manager at Lift Invest, providing a monthly investment update and sharing some of the insights and thoughts on current trends. This podcast does not constitute advice. Hi, Dan. Can you give me an update on the current events? So continuing the themes from what we discussed last month, the conflict in Ukraine has continued to impact markets and continued to impact the sentiment of numerous different participants, such as central banks, governments and investors. As we've made reference to previously, oil and natural gas, price of both have been spiking, given the efforts of governments to restrict the supply of commodities out of Russia. So So we've seen energy businesses, which clearly will fare better when energy prices are higher, doing well. However, the wider economic implications have been relatively bleak, um, given that higher energy costs means higher input costs into numerous different industries. It's also meant that consumers and the wider population has felt the pinch as well at the pump when they've been filling up cars and certainly on their energy bills where the new price cap from April 1st has just come into effect. So to put some figures and stats around that. The latest inflation statistics, which were released earlier in April for March, show that inflation in the US is now 8.5%. Inflation in Europe is 7.5% and inflation in the UK is 7%. So that 7% UK figure is in fact the greatest that inflation has been since March 1992. And the impact of energy costs has been one of the more recent factors to clearly make that figure as high as it is. And there are expectations in the market now that we may see a figure very close to, if not above 10% in the next couple of months. As we saw last year, current market expectations are that once it peaks, it will quickly diminish. They've clearly been blown out of the water given the surprise of the conflict of Russia and Ukraine. But all this has led to wider volatility in oil and gas prices. So as I mentioned, the new energy price cap came into effect on the first of the month. According to the BBC, around 18 million households, which were on the standard tariff, have now seen their annual energy bill jump from £1,277 up to £1,971, almost a £700 increase. And average petrol prices have risen by 12.6% per litre in the past month. So between the, the end of February and the end of March, which is the largest monthly rise since records began in 1990. So clearly all of this energy pressure, more recently due to Ukraine, has really been a huge factor upon the economics of countries that aren't even caught up directly in the conflict and they are really just suffering and consumers in these economies are suffering from higher energy prices and the feed-through effect across various different industries. Now one way which the US has tried to ease these broader pressures in Europe, they've recently come to an agreement with the EU to try and supply some natural gas by tanker across the Atlantic. So the deal that the US has struck with the EU represents around 24% of the natural gas currently imported into the EU by Russia. And the eventual aim is for the US and other international partners to provide around 50 billion cubic metres per year to the EU, which would very closely offset all of the natural gas, which is currently required mainly by Germany and France to support their economies. That remains to be seen and the short term impact has been quite minor, but hopefully in time, as more of those supplies and more of those deals with international partners come through, then there may be some easing 
of these current very high pressures on energy prices. Another way that the US has been helping, and I mean, it's not just the US, or uh, the UK as well has been providing certain armaments to Ukraine. But the US did also announce earlier this month that they will be spending around $800 million in military aid, which includes heavy weapons. There are even rumours that Biden or Vice President Harris will head over to Kiev to show support for the Ukrainian people. Not that that's going to have any great impact upon financial markets, but at least it does show that there is the wider world standing with Ukraine. Clearly, we speak all about investment markets and the impact that the conflict will have in a pure financial and economic sense. But clearly, a lot of our thoughts are also with the suffering of the Ukrainian people. We hope that there is a swift and relatively peaceful, given what's already occurred, end to the conflict soon. So in terms of market outcomes and returns, the last few weeks, we have again seen continued sentiments around interest rates impacting certain equities in the market. Given the broader inflationary picture and news out of the Federal Reserve, which indicates that they are accelerating their pace of quantitative tightening, markets have begun to worry again around what the appetite for central banks in future will be to support markets. During COVID, there was clearly a lot of quantitative easing from both central banks and fiscal easing from governments. And really, we're now entering this phase where because inflation is so high, central banks are very keen to do what they can to try and keep it in check. So just to reiterate, there is a globally agreed target of around 2% inflation. So some inflation is good for an economy. Some expectations that prices will be higher generally encourages people to spend and keep the economy going and ticking over. If there's no inflation at all, then there's less incentive to buy things now and that can make an economy stall. Whereas the flip side, when you've got inflation at 10%, then it's extremely difficult to make it stop. And we've not been in this situation for over 30 years now, given the figure I just gave for UK inflation. Central banks are trying their hardest to try and not let inflation run rampant. And one way they're doing that is that they're switching all of these quantitative easing policies to be more tight. So they aren't supporting financial markets and they are to a quicker extent than markets previously expecting actually selling the assets they own back to markets. And what this all means is that there isn't as much support for equity markets. So the appetite for equities has been reducing. And that's been all the way through this year for multiple different reasons, the main one being the conflict in Eastern Europe. But for different reasons, there has been weakened appetite. And also it means that yields, so the yield which an investor would demand from a government bond is also rising. So as yields rise, prices fall. The price of the market of different fixed income securities has also fallen. We're really watching that yield picture. And there was a point a few weeks ago where the yield on a 10-year government security in the States fell to a lower yield than two-year security in the States. And historically, that has indicated that there might be a recession in the next two years. So it seems like quite a stretch to make that link. But historically, it is in every case in the States come true. So that's not to say that it will necessarily now. And there's actually a lot of managers, and we certainly, given the economic picture that we see at the moment and that we foresee over the next 12 months, we don't think there is a recession on the horizon. But purely from that technical level, there is now talk in the market to suggest that there may be a recession coming. That wider picture is there are concerns, as there were at points last year, of stagflation. So inflation is very high. It's very difficult for economic growth to really take hold. We're all feeling it when we're filling up or on, on energy prices. And that isn't just in the UK, that's worldwide. If economies and consumers to begin to stall, then that could add to a bleak economic scenario.
scenario, but we are minded to say that whilst inflation is high now and will get higher, there is still enough ammunition in the economy and still enough unlocking going on for some economic growth to offset that bleaker inflation and economic situation. We'll, of course, keep you updated as, as things develop there. But as we are in this early stage, we would say that that inflection of the 10-year and the two-year yield curve is just a one-off. But if it returns and remains for a more prolonged period, then it might spell weaker economic future. But right now, we're still relatively bullish and we still think that the recent sentiment in markets, which has been weak, may present a good opportunity for long-term investors to either up-risk or to put more assets to work in financial markets. But of course, speaking to your financial advisor about your situation would be the most prudent and the first course of action if you are minded to look at either of those or any other option. That's great. Thanks, Dan. Thanks very much, Ellie. Speak to you next month. Thank you for listening. We hope you have learned something new today from our experts. If you would like to find out more, please visit our website www.lift-invest.com or search for Lift-Invest on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Don't forget to like and subscribe to hear more from the Lift Mindset.